Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is LGR Liberal Guilt Radio. All right, I am joined remotely for the first time in almost a year. My illustrious co-host, uh, Ben. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Everything is good. Everything is bad. Depends on what you read and who you talk to and what you think, you know? Yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, now is the time when we realize how right we were about everything over the past. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, we knew we were right. But now, yes, history is on our side. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine. Everyone's so afraid of, like, the deterioration of democracy and, like, the rise of fascism. It's already gone. Oh, sorry. I'm just like, (laughs) the way I feel about that as a Jewish person is the same way that I feel like someone from the East Coast feels about winter. It's like... Yeah, winter's coming. Winter has come before oh, many times and winter will come again. Uh, but we have coats and we have boots. And yes, we know we... that like tyranny has many names and has appeared before our people many times. But each time we had the coat of righteousness and we defeated fascism, we defeated uh, it, Roman imperialism, all of these things. And mm-hmm. This is just, you know, we, we still don't have a name for what this is. We're calling it like fascism and whatever, because it's like convenient. But yes, as Jewish people, I'm not afraid of the rise of fascism because I've been preparing for this my entire fucking life. I didn't think I was going to have to use it. I, you know, I kind of feel like um, growing up Jewish in America, you are part of a a um, kind of like kind of like these militia apocalypse preparer guys, except we are unarmed. You know what I mean? We are armed oh, I know. with nothing I... but righteousness in the covenant. Yes, but it's true. And the, but to go to your point about fascism is like the, the word was created in part to describe some of the uh, uh, the events going on in Italy and in Germany and all that. Right. But one of the best historians I found that studied all of modern fascism, because it obviously existed before. Right. One of her lines was fascism is as fascism does and that she meant that there's no one type. So just because what happens in one country doesn't look like another doesn't mean that it's not also. So a lot of people would say, you know, when do you reach that inflection point of it being like, okay, this is it. But the better question asked are like, what aspects do we already have? Didn't Mussolini like come up with the term? Wasn't he like he was to fascism, like what Al Gore was to the Internet? Like he didn't invent it. But he like he he says he made it. I wish we would have talked like nine months ago. I was much better up on this. I can't uh, remember. Much but better up on your fascism. On the yeah. uh, the the chronology, but I'm a little dated. But one of the things I noticed yesterday with the press conference by President Trump and then yeah. the pageantry by President Biden <laughs> is that the Trump thing is a specter, right? It hasn't. It's not here again. It's it could happen. What is happening though? is that if you look at the language, both of the uh, speech given yesterday, but then mm-hmm. also an op-ed in the New York Times by an author who's very much in the Democratic Party and it, in with the administration, they're using all of the 9-11 language today. And these are the current people in power. And what they're really saying is we're going to bring home, you know, not that they don't do any domestic spying, but all that stuff when we think of 9-11 and the you know that stuff being you know for spying on people overseas that's all coming to home and so that's clear in present danger that's happening right now and so it's like you know it's it's 
Well, based on the policy of the administration, it's determined whether or not you are a whether you are a terrorist group. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think as it becomes like this enforcing, reinforcing like wheel of feedback is like the actual supremacists are the doomsday prep um, three percenters. Right. Um, And so the police state cracks down on them at both the, the federal state local level as they should. But this allows the framework for legally deconstructing um, citizen movements in the yes. United States. And, dis- and then giving also the ability to private companies vast new censorship powers, yes. which they've already shown have recklessly used and had to retract because they are getting already too political with what they deem to be uh, misinformation and real. It's like a critical sure. thinker bringing something up to look at more is in misinformation. It's like they've already owned. Oh, so it's, but then we look at, like you say, we've been preparing this whole life. We look at even like Jewish history or any yeah. um, minority population. It's, it's, it's not always about, you know, which side is better. And in this case, when I say sides, yeah. in the US, I say, I, mean, I say all that pageantry about like the righteous, I say that like wholly ironically. Oh, I know, but it's like, it's we it, and, and but having history, we know that it's not always about choosing like, oh, are you going to be on the Republican or Democratic Party side? It's like it's much more complicated. And it's like, what are the morals that we want to uphold? We're what on the world people's wanna, side, baby. Yeah. What, in, what do we want our kids? What world do we want? How do we want to think of work? rights, Things like that. And when we, you know, vote or do this or that, we don't have to become ourselves fanatics for one of the parties and fall into no. this divisiveness game because. By doing that, we're allowing each future generation and the current people with us to just be more informed and critical yes. thinkers. And the future because, generation, yeah. that is the key thing. Because even though there's like there's folks out there who just basically say like the people like you and I are not Americans and they have guns. And when it comes to it, they'll be ready for the day of the rope. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess like uh, there there's bad blood between us and those guys, even though we don't know each other. We know we the other one exists out there. But I have no animosity to their children. And I certainly hope they would not have them towards ours. And that is why, like, I would be firmly opposed to any form of physical civil conflict in our country. Oh, for sure. And I've been doing a lot of reading about the Civil War and uh, and then my. Uh, my mother-in-law for uh, for the holidays, she gave me a copy of Day by Day, the Civil War. Every day has a little little uh, breakdown, and just the horror, the sheer horror of all of this is is so is so um, shocking, and that that anybody would be thinking that this is coming around, and and or even worse, advocating for this um, this kind of lust for violence that lurks inside of the American spirit. Because so many times when we have been threatened and, and so many times when we've moved forward, it has been war that has that has pushed us forward from the Revolutionary War to the way that the Civil Wars, uh, Civil War uh, supercharged the advancements of the Industrial Revolution in the North and, and allowed us to emerge as this bigger power. And then we expanded further into the into the East with the Spanish-American War. And then, of course, World War II is when we became this global power. And so we've been like this 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 country searching for that conflict, right? We just assume like that's how we move forward. And we've been stumbling around in this stupid mindset for 70, 80 years, right? So like, you know, we go into Korea. Oh, no, that's not our war. We 
we couldn't stop China. You know, we go into the Middle East. Ah, it's not our not our big or going to Vietnam, not our war either. You know, we can't quite fight off the the uh, the communist threat there. And then after the fall, you know, there's there's Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, we get a foothold in the Middle East. But ultimately, it's not this war that propels us to the next level of superpowerdom. It's one that notches us back that uh, um, allows this 10 year uh, uh, um, ballet dance between 91 and 2001, like this dilettante parade before the Civil War moment. Uh, and now we are seeing the sins of the Bushes and their dark, dark junta of spy masters, war makers and, 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 and uh, oil lords um, that they propelled us to this point where a tin pot tyrant like the Donald can accidentally position himself like somehow like his chess piece just like moved from being like in the box for the chess set to like in check with Liberty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not quite checkmate, but into check. And um, that is, and we keep saying, oh, well, there's going to be the follow-up. That's the really scary person as well. And I just think anybody who's trying to predict anything at this point, just like think about how all the times that your whole viewpoint and everything has changed, whether it was like Trump or Jan 6 or 9-11 or fall of the wall or going to space or Kennedy assassination, however far back your shit goes. Like there's so many things that like totally changed our brains that like, I'm almost excited to see like what fucking crazy shit will change shit forever. And that's why it's so interesting to like study these liminal moments like Kennedy assassination or this like truly the first, I would say, non-peaceful transfer of power in the United's history of the United States occurred on January 6th of last year, 2021. Right. Yeah. Like we've been in times of conflict, but even the election of 64, I believe it was which was the election that that Abe had to go through in the middle of the war when they were, you know, um, notching up a lot of L's on the board in those first years. Like to me, what's surprising about the Civil War is like not is that, yeah, of course it happened, but that it took so long. We had such overwhelming advantage over the South and it's crazy. But anyway, so there is this like uh, um, this moment where we're in the middle of a Civil War and it is still. Um, well, I guess there was no transfer of power, but but anyway, um, there was no like violent coup when he when he lost, you know, to try to overthrow him or something like that. This is the first time that it was a non peaceful transition of power. I don't know how else to describe this. And that is essentially when the Republic ends. So anyone who's like, oh, the Civil War, blah, blah, whatever, we have had a and I, I guess it's like nobody, like one poor woman got shot and a few people. I mean, obviously, it's a horrible thing, but it's a scrape compared to Sumner. You know what I'm saying? And and certainly compared to Pearl Harbor, like this is not like the beginning of all of our other wars. This is more like the end. And I'm not saying it can't be patched up. I mean, there's still always still hope. And like I said, every like crazy shit could go down. But to me, like the federal go anybody who is like fucking still thinks the federal government <laughs> basically exists like the people in the biden administration are just like serving drinks on the titanic to themselves you, you, know, you know what i'm saying because there was this vi violent transfer of power and when there is a violent transfer of power non-peaceful transfer of power even if it is a little scrape like jan 6 that means your compact has ended 
all it takes is a few fucking morons to 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 smash some cops with fucking plastic shields for your country to end. And, I mean, it's not irreparable. Though. You're making it sound like it's. Yeah. But shit's got to change for because like right now, this trajectory, it's pretty fucking clear what trash can it leads to. So somebody's yeah. got to got to aim the ball somewhere else. That's all I'm right. saying. And and then the hardest part, because now we're living through history, is that we see that with our current administration that they've that it's at the point where they're well, our federal government sells tremendous power, but we see and the reason why scholars of fascism would still call aspects of it fascism because it's working hand in glove with what whether you call it the investor class or billionaire or whatever you want to call it, it's basically doing the biddings of a very small coterie of people that really that you know maybe at least if their companies were based here and they pay taxes here and people benefit it would be one thing but they've basically been striking yeah. against taxes for a couple decades now and the federal right. government uh rather than you know like when the executive branch has powers that it has rather than just using them it blames congress for not giving them you know the mandate it's like just use the power you have and if you're not going to do it you're going to lose, you know, it, it loses trust in these uh, bodies of government to act in the interest of what we're calling the people, right. or at least a large group of people to the point where, you know, it's setting the, the stages where if the next administration, the one after that, wants to really truly go off the rails, they basically can still pick up and keep building on the changes already made. So that's why yes. I pointed to like, biden and his administration using the current using yesterday to use the language of 9-11 because they're going to keep implementing more powers and broadening yeah. those powers not only for you know transnational companies but also the own federal government and all of our military uh, bodies which then a, a, a truly reckless and unhinged administration should one come to pass doesn't even need to pass new stuff they can just use the ones that are already there right that's how and that's, that's that makes it even like scarier and then in my mind the chance of it happening actually increases when when we're told the only alternative because we're told we don't ever we can ever have a third party and right now you know we, we can't that if the only alternative is not doing something drastically different um then more and more people either just stop paying attention to it and or going to the other side or just yeah or just not participating but right uh the biden administration would take a huge risk not to take a huge risk right now yes that's why i keep saying like you know for instance student debt is one of those things where the way student debt was created uh to allow it to exist can be undone with almost the stroke of the pen obviously you have you know rank and file people have to fall in line but you know that's something where divided the office of the president and his cabinet could act it is in their powers they don't need to go to congress so when their press secretary a couple of weeks ago says congress needs to you know give us the mandate or whatever she said uh it's it falls on deaf ears because it's like no you already have it you have this power use it and if you're not going to use it, we all know you're not using it. Or, you know, 
or other app. It's like, yeah, that's what I see as a risk. Cause a lot of, you know, you talk to a lot of, uh, loyal part, you know, democratic partiers and they're like, Oh, that could be risky. You'll lose your base. It's like, you're going to vote for Republicans if they, you know, expand Medicare for all or, uh, cancel yeah. student debt. You're telling me that you're going to, it's like, no, you're not going to go to the other side. It's nonsense. We've been having it's this conversation. So like you been, said, yeah. Yes. And we've been having this conversation in my own family. So we, so uh, cousins getting married, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And auntie, she sat us all down and she said, and we're all like liberals. People went to Berkeley and Santa Cruz and worked some nonprofits and schools and, and uh, just about as liberal and hippy dippy as you can, you can get. And so auntie says, Hey, look, um, the groom to be his, he's got some Trumpers in the family and um so we just please don't embarrass us and don't like make a big scene and i like and i was like yeah absolutely we're not going to embarrass you but you know if they call us a bunch of like you know homo jews like yeah we're not gonna we're we're not gonna stay in for that uh but anyway um <laughs> the, the thing is like ironically a huge argument broke out between me and my other aunt, who is uh, very liberal, um, but is kind of of like, yeah, I guess that that other side of the Democratic Party other than us, that's like a like more careful about these kind of things and b um, more more willing to buy into the the lie that the Democratic Party is like doing something other than li <laughs> lining their pockets and so like we're sitting at the uh, table arguing and she's talking about like what a great like job biden's doing and i was like okay well like what is it that like joe biden like believes in <laughs> and and like somebody said infrastructure i was like what what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> no one believes in we just need better can you go it's like can you go deeper what do you mean believes in it believes in what of course exactly. not and then well it's i mean hilarious. i'm and then I made like the we were talking like, well, you know, it always goes back to the wedge issues of like abortion rights and all this. And I was like, yeah, well, I just pointed out the fact that like Joe Biden is not like, yeah, he's pro choice, but like he's also voted against pro choice things like he's technically publicly pro choice. But I don't think privately we necessarily know that we know he's his uh, his catholic faith and we also know his things that he legislation that he has voted for in the past point the other direction and this i think was just like the last straw to say that like joe biden like does not honor their you know right to choose which <laughs> let's face it like he just doesn't have that kind of track record but whatever that's fine but that was truly like and and i, and I was saying something about like you know, look, the the Trump is he's the, the guy who says one truth in a, in a thousand lies. Right. And I was mm. like, the one truth is that the, the elections are rigged. And and the, a gasp went across the, my family's table. And I said, they're like, what, what, and I'm like, I'm not saying that they're stealing votes. I'm just saying, like, the whole thing is is rigged and talked about. You mean thousand like talked about the Electoral College, talked about gerrymandering, all of this stuff, how it is all just a hustle, how a candidate gets on a, a nonsensical that like it is. It has always been rigged.
like this year was like this this last year was probably like the most unrigged one in a while because the one they say to that though you have to be careful with your words that's that's the thing i've gotten to it family my sister's wedding someone i was talking to a family friend it's just like oh be careful it's like what are you no i said no (laughs) yeah exactly no you be careful about fucking what you t- here's the thing is like we it's always like we're get, all live we always long. like like our side of the party like always gets accused of being these like rabble rousers who won't play along it won't like here's the they won't here's the thing every single fucking time we still vote for the bullshit candidate that you guys all consolidate around i've had to fucking hold my nose and vote for these morons my entire adult life oh, <laughs> so don't yeah. act like and i don't know anyone who did? Who is of our liberal whatever stripe? Who did anything else other than that? So we yeah. always, at the end of the day, we defer and we listen to your fucking ass. When have you ever listened to or deferred to us? How dare you accuse us of being the ones trying to fuck this up? Because exactly. it is already fucked up. And only bold moves of history will save tomorrow today (laughs) thank you exactly anyway like because i because i was right and there was no answer to this my my and i apologize i guess later i wish it may i wished my grandpa had been there and say lee shut up (laughs) because the whole time like my uncle like at first like my my dad and my uncle and everybody's like kind of siding not with me and then by the end they're listening to me and they're kind of looking at each other. And I notice my uncle's like not jumping to the defense of his wife, you know, when yeah. I'm talking about Joe Listen, Biden if, doesn't. If anything brings on the, the specters of tyrants and fascism, it's yeah. censorship. Anyway, so and she stormed off. begins at the house. You it know? begins the at household. the house. Exactly. So like if uh, we can't have just like an, a critical conversation, uh, even after you admit, like, I voted for the dude. I'm trying to, it's like, we don't actually know this person personally. Yeah. They're writing policy. They're not, you know, milking a cow for us and feeding us. So we're, it's like, if we can't think critically and have an argument, then that's how, you know, things like the Democratic Party can so easily push through these draconian censorship measures because they know their entire party is too afraid to even talk to their own households. Well, here's the thing I think that scares my family the most about my rhetoric is the fact that I say, like, when we talk about the Jan 6 stuff, this is really, in addition to the abortion thing, what really riled everybody up, which was, I said, I am more on the side of the, like, majority of the stupid morons in the Jan 6 riot than I am on the side of Democratic leadership like Nancy Pelosi because oh. like, those people are morons you know like the, they're fascist confederate idiot morons and I'm not on their side of course but like it's not that I'm it's it's also I'm also okay well I won't put this I'm not on their side but I'm not necessarily on the other side of them because those exactly. are like still you can, morons, but they're the down, they're the fucking people. You know yeah, what I mean? You can understand where at least some of, I mean, some of them are just there for fun and games. But well, you we're can as understand. pissed off as they are. Exactly. So you can. And we the hate the is, same people and the same organizations. Exactly. Our lives are closer to theirs than they are to. So the, maybe we can and, get through to their kids and they and, and their exactly. kids can get through to ours. 
because exactly. like they, they've just this white supremacist nonsense like get over yourself just get over whatever your shit is about your own whiteness or your own straightness or your secretly gayness or your you're secretly actually liberal you're secretly actually fucking jewish like get over whatever your fucking shit is and then just get on with your life okay or and then your kids like can actual... join the progress march of fucking history and to us on the progressive side uh yeah we need to stop infighting uh so all of this like this finger pointing and all of this nonsense uh uh point your fingers and tell everybody has a fucking what's going to happen is we're going to reach herd cancellation peak cancellation everyone Someone will calls be- it mass psychosis yeah, or I've seen it use the word social mass formation is a word some historians use. Yeah, where you get so much built up anxiety, frustration, and like meaninglessness that <laughs> either people just back off and just stop doing stuff, and then the people that are actively involved either step in line with like what we're saying the Democratic Party and their idea of getting behind the, the tech and the investors yeah, and, and i'm sure we're with you guys like, i guess but it's reset. becoming harder and harder okay so throw us a fucking bone prick asses well they're not going to and that's what i'm saying we need to create that yeah join the forces creating the alternative because right now the only two that are available are not actually solutions for anything where they're not going to address the specter of climate change yeah. because the Democratic Party is in with the Davos World Economic Forum crowd. They're just really trying to monetize nature and steal land from indigenous peoples around the world under yeah. the guise of conservation and legal rights. They're not actually going to turn back any of our pollution. They're just going to they see it as a hundred and twenty billion dollar, hundred and twenty trillion dollar asset class. So that's not really a solution. This is Electric- the this is the the paper tyranny. Of... Yeah, so we need to join the forces creating true alternatives and and fight back when, when and if either of these two diabolical forces, uh, we we I, yeah. I, yeah we have to. I th- we've said this in the past. We thought that the uh, what was it? The, what's the trap that the co- two countries get in the Sisyphean trap? No, that's oh, the Sisyphean the Thucydian, the Thucydian. Thucydian trap. Like we always yes. thought we had this Thucydian trap with China or maybe even Russia, but probably China, right? <clears throat> and what we, I think, talked about a year ago is the Thucydian trap is actually not between us and some other country. It's between the two sides of our country. It's like still, it's yes. not quite still north and south, but like we are just like on this fucking collision course. And I think that the reasonable people on either side, I feel like they're doing, I guess, an okay job of their Lincoln Project bullshit connecting with each other. You know what I mean? Um, but the like the anger class of both sides, like we have not found a way to connect with the others because like there's just there's stuff on either side that like sickens the other. Like we are sickened by the racism and they're like they're sickened by our this opportunistic know, like, just, liberal. It's opportunistic liberalism. Yeah, like, because like we're, you know, we we create nothing but or some people say the professional the professional managerial class which you know we both we sit it's like what do you really you don't produce anything real it's all abstract how do some of it's a little necessary so so yeah lee that was my question what do we do lee we have to find a way to cold because it's not going to happen in terms of like political party but culturally connect the angry people uh, who have been artificially placed on either left or right, the people who 
uh, are on the left or right side uh, and they have all the anger, but they might not have like the hallmarks of racism or, or homophobia or uh, anti-Semitism because like, yeah, I I understand the thing that like, if you vote for Trump, you're signing a compact that you agree with white supremacy. And it's like, yeah, like that is true. But like, also that can't be true for us to like, survive like there has to be some like after the civil war there was some degree of like forgiveness you know what i mean and they're kind of just that we have to find a way to culturally connect with the people on the other side who may have voted that way but are not monstrous racist because they have to exist otherwise we're totally fucked we, yeah we exactly like what them. about the like the 20 percent, whatever it is the number of people who voted for uh trump who if you say that it is this white supremacy racism thing that would be the target of it. So it's like, it's gotta, it's never as simple as it sounds. And exactly, it's like, they're not all a bunch of white racists. And if you just dismiss every single person- They're making headway Trump, in not, in like, I mean, not yeah, huge what headway, do is we but see in non-white We see power uh, to what, what we're calling the Democrat, or we see power to the Democratic Party, which is not offering an actual uh, real alternative that's, going to address any of the issues that we're saying are important they're not only the puppets of the investor class but they themselves are increasingly also the investors themselves sure (laughs) and so it's like i mean adam smith even in his own book said be wary of not the politicians but the people behind them pulling the strings i don't know if you have delphi guys we have this new oracle of delphi like you know on twitter of these economists and like we go to them for predictions and like we lionize those who have some degree of accuracy in their track record. Uh, but ultimately like, what are they, what are they telling us? And like, what is their place in society? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like, why are we, why should we listen to Warren Buffett? I, I think we should, but I don't know exactly why. I don't know. What does he say about the, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like basically the way I see it is like you could make prediction about the future, but you're, what you're really saying is you're extrapolating trends from the past and really guessing which of the ones will be the prevailing trends. And one of the biggest things people try to predict is will it get violent and how violent? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's like, it's like how much time do we want to waste, you know, like, you know, finding people that are talking about this or, you know, the day is the day is only 24 hours finding other people like you said that we can find common purpose with and build all yeah. work on building alternative systems and working on those because at the end of the day like you said at the beginning of the show today you've been working on this your whole life so uh yeah. it's like we don't really need to find profits because at the end of the day some will be right some will be wrong and but it really doesn't matter because part of being it's it's like who's going to act and what are we going to do and in the meantime, we don't want to also work ourselves into uh, paralysis, yeah. feeling so helpless that it's like, oh, my God, there's these greater forces out there. What's the point of doing anything? It's like, well, day to day, like, that's why I keep thinking about the movie Life is Beautiful. I hey, saw it as a... La vita è bella. Yeah. So I used to watch that all the time. I'd even use it as like, to be honest with you, a, a date movie. I'd uh, We watched Life is Beautiful, blah, 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 blah. And so, but I've been thinking about it lately because it's like that second half of the movie where he's yeah. in, in a concentration camp with his son Hilarious. and still able to day to day 
show his son how to find little magical things in life. Yeah. And the way to apply it to today's age is like, what can we do day to day with the people we're around to still, it's like if, to still fight fascism with humor and love. Did you see that film in theaters? It was a transformative experience for me. Like I, I literally remember, felt, that came I out felt like, like supercharged, like at the end of Ghostbusters too. And they, when he gets zapped with the, when Ray gets zapped with the slime and then afterwards he's like, I love you, man. He's hugging the dude from fucking, uh, uh, Ali McBeal or whatever. But anyway, oh, I don't like, remember. A, I own the movie. I saw it at least 20 times, but it's like, it's a great, you gotta picture. find ways for love and for humor and yeah. just but day to day, the day we, we still live have to our kill life. all those Nazis. Well, we also have to kill the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, like, it, it helped that there was, like, Jewish-Italians making jokes at concentration camps. But ultimately, a gajillion million Russians had to die to, <laughs> to kill all the Germans to stop this. Yeah, but if um, we get there early, it's like you don't need to kill the Nazis because they're partly a function of yeah. the ruling class. And I'm not saying, you know, I think it's illegal to, to talk about the death of elected officials. So I'm all not right. obviously saying that. Okay, but so what I'm saying is we need to get them socially on our side. We don't need to physically kill them. We need to kill those course. ideas. Okay. All right. Yes. I'll, I'll show you. Here's an example of a potential scenario that would accomplish what I'm talking about. So let's say there's there's two families. There's there's my family and there's uh and I am a virtue signaling white guy like going to Black Lives Matter protests and like taking pictures of myself and like eating my own, blowing smoke up my own ass about how great I am. And my son is like, my my dad doesn't get it. Like I go to school with like people of color. It's not like we're kind of a post-racial generation. And like they're so like wrapped up in talking about how non-racist they are. It's really annoying. Okay. And then the other side of the country in Kentucky, there's another family. And the dad is a three percenter fucking we're just giving money away to black people and fucking black lives matter they're terrorists blue lives matter i want i wish i had been at the capitol those guys are political prisoners and he has a daughter that's like oh my god <laughs> my dad sucks and so we got these two people like like who are both like I, I think my fucked up, my like virtue signaling is better than his racism, but like, I guess you could interpret my shit as racism too. So we got these two kids that they're the, so they are culturally connecting beyond us. They're on some fucking social media platform that we don't even understand. Some metaverse ass shit and they're hanging out and they're exchanging ideas. They might be like anti Google and they're both like pro gay rights and they're both like, um, you know, yeah, maybe we should have gun control, but also like we should have a gun or like maybe they're both like, yeah, like abortion. We should have abortion rights, but I'm not like pro abortion, you know, like and they have this nuanced political conversation that we can't have. I want to have, but it doesn't seem like we can we can have it. And then on one side or the other, a candidate emerges. He's not I don't say moderate, but represents some new type of of person who wants to move forward who's not radically left or right but is uh, is believes in enough of the good things like providing equal rights to people and equal opportunity to people preserving this planet and making sure that everybody has uh, a, a meal in front of them health care behind them and a roof over their head and but maybe maybe like there is, but there is some dispute and stuff. And on one side, we're like, they're like, well, I don't, I don't know about this. A couple of beliefs of yours, and 
Um, but then candidates emerge that appeal to this cross section. And sometimes they might emerge on the Democratic Party side and the vote goes there. And sometimes they might emerge on the Republican Party side and the vote would go there. And then there just has to be a new nation. There just there has to be some sort of reboot. I mean, it's like as the fucking Klingon Gorkon chancellor of the Klingon Empire says when they're trying to make peace with the with the federation you know he says there is going to be a brave new world he says to captain kirk our generation is going to have the toughest time living in it and we have not like we were the young generation and i did want to like forge connections and i still think we do have a chance to forge connections to the other people on the side of the the other side of the aisle um <laughs> who may not be this basket of deplorables that we everybody thinks they are but i don't know I'm like, I'm still radicalized in like in, in, but I'm also like ready to like bargain with, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and what I heard always growing up was like, oh, you, this election is too important. You can't do that. And we're at a point where it's like, you see enough history and what you're saying, it's like, you either work on it proactively knowing that you may well fail, but the process is also part of, of the beauty of it. It's not always looking at the world as a zero sum game or an either or. And it's like, yes, I understand that I might, that this might not work out, but we have to try because if we don't try, we know what has happened in other times of history. And so at least this way, we'll have prepared one by working on organizing strategies that will help us get through whatever is to come. Two, maybe we will actually have a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, revolutionary breakthrough or yeah and all through it all it's like by by doing Dude, what's going on in kazakhstan of... right now is like what's going on in kazakhstan right now and like what's going on in um hong kong right now is an example of like the weirdness of our empire as compared to the two other giant empires because the russians and the chinese their sphere of influence is literally within their geographic sphere of influence like when shit goes down in kazakhstan it's it's relatively easy for the russians to send their shock paratroopers in to quell the resistance as opposed to how fucking much of a pain in the ass it is to get two pairs of uh, get a pair of boots from um from uh, uh fort worth to 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 kabul um and, you know, in terms of, of the, the Chinese as well, like the South China Sea and is their literal domain. And so we have just like, we have just, it's hard to, it's hard to both sustain our sphere of influence and it uh, 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 just physically, um, te- uh, operationally, but it's just harder to like, harder to advocate for it like if anything if we're just going to look and accept that there are hegemonic forces or there are these powerful forces and we just say like look russia i don't think they necessarily have the right to tell the ukraine or anybody what to do but it's like that's their sphere of influence that's their power play and if somebody wants to declare war on something and our allies need our help obviously we will protect them but for the most part it's kind of like how would we feel if like Russia was like, I mean, we, we know what happened in the, with the Zimmerman uh, telegram in, in World War One when the Germans sent this telegram to to Mexico, to the Mexican government, basically said, hey, if you declare war against America with us, we'll give you back California and Texas or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
And, you know, that 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 was a, one of the things that brought us into the fucking war. The memo, by the way, did end in the number 007, leading some to believe that uh, that's where the name for the secret agent came from. But anyway, so it's kind of like I am almost more like so that's the thing. Obviously, it's like horrible what we've done in Latin America. It's it's horrible. I mean, just uh, supporting, if not engaging in genocide, nation toppling, executive actions targeting uh, uh, duly elected political figures, um, and but uh, but it's also kind of like this is our sphere of influence. So it's not that it's right, but it's like it kind of makes sense, you know. And that's why, again, here's another example when when the uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis came and the the missiles ended up in in Cuba, that was a big fucking deal because that was our literal sphere of influence. But we sort of feel like we can we can like stick our our fucking nut, nutsack in Tehran's face and they'll just fucking take it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, one reason why also our sphere of influence is global because the U.S. has 800 military bases around the world. Yeah, and of course one it thing, is. And, but one thing that pays for that is the, the cycle of how U.S. dollars enter the world. Right. And then the fact that through our both hard and soft power, we require that other countries by having U.S. denominated debt and also money, they then right. have to convert those dollars back to U.S. treasuries which in part pays for our military bases, which are, so the occupier is also paying the occupied. And yeah. one of the things where the undertone, they're one of the major issues right now. It's not gunboat diplomacy, it's checkbook diplomacy. Exactly, it's financial. And so what the big threat right now is a reason why, uh, you know, that, that we're seeing such a aggressive stance towards China is that it's the threat China. that, China, Russia, and uh, a few other countries, but those are the major ones, trying to get the world off of the U.S. dollar, which would, which at some point, if, you know, it's already, it hasn't ha happened, obviously, but that would quickly put us into, uh, some could argue with Thucydian trap, that if we're going to not be able to sustain all of our Poor bases. Thucydides. Do... He's like all these fucking podcasters. <laughs> I know, right? Because we don't know because there's so little. It's like, that's not earliest... it. It's not at all what I meant, you fucking idiots. This I know, is totally but it's the different. earliest. We don't have a lot of writing left from that age and it's the earliest of that pair of that thing. So we just, you what know, if only Bill O'Reilly's books but about it's like the Kennedy assassination Thucydian... existed. <laughs> like that's the equivalent. That could be the equivalent. Thucydides might be the Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, so there's so much more writing there now. Yeah. No, but it's but basically it's like, you know, I'm not saying this would happen, but the the decision could come to pass where sure as soon as in the next five to twenty years, do we use these military bases? Do we start dismantling them? Like what do we yeah. do? Because we can't well, uh, you're talking afford... about you're talking about power. Yeah, we can't afford to sustain it. And yeah. that's where so you get do the we degrowth actually, movement yeah, and do... all this shit. But it's not even degrowth. It's redefining what growth is. I'm talking about right. military presence, which even if you don't use it, it's threat of it. Look, it's all about this is what you're getting at. It's all about the whether physical force will maintain will. Re, it's about whether it's about power. It's about whether physical power will 
maintain its position as the main form of power or if uh, financial power takes over or oh no i'm saying i, I agree with over. that but this so, what i'm saying could be the thucydian trap is in with the with the knowledge that we might have to cut back on these bases will one of the administration say now is the time to launch true force in hopes that we can push back these other forces enough and remain the sole superpower in our eyes that's what i mean not whether it would well we should have done it in 1946 yeah but we didn't and so what i'm saying is will an unhinged power or one that's very thoughtful about it do that we're talking about we're talking about sheer power. So here's like here's the thing, the conundrum. I think like maybe dudes like you and I get in. We know that there is just like on the right, <laughs> uh, uh, more militias, more guns. Well, we don't really know because there's no fucking national database. But anyway, I think we can safely assume that they are well armed and physically more powerful than us because it's like. And I feel like this happens a lot. Is like the peaceful people are so dedicated to peace that they don't have any way to defend themselves. You know what I mean? And ultimately, like, what will win out in our country? Will it be this like, this you know Benjamin Franklin Franklinian? uh uh post enlightenment um uh uh uh, liberal classically liberal playground um or will it become uh succumb to its worst devices uh uh its its physical power um and look it's and so at the end of the day you're kind of just like it's not might uh does might make right it's just kind of like what ultimately is important like i i'm like i'm totally opposed any war of any kind essentially but i do see the logic that in 1945 we had the fucking bomb and they didn't we could have just fucking uh after beijing fell nuked them and then fucking uh nuked moscow new you know uh nuked north uh north korea nuked north Vietnam. But what would that have done? It would have created a wasteland and uh Oh, you mean act no. The point isn't to just is to show that that yeah, that's true. That's why people are afraid of nuclear annihilation. The point isn't to kill everybody. It's just The point is that we had the show world, that we had the we had the ability to like I don't know. Who knows how it would have turned out. But there are some people and I'm I'm not of this school but I'm kind of like, oh, what would have happened?" You know what I'm saying? Like we had the fucking, we had the only pair of fucking boots, nuclear boots. Like we could have just done it. And I think that is what drives, that is what drove like the Bush people, not even like the, that's what drove definitely like the Cheney's and the Rumsfelds of the world. Not necessarily like, the Carl Carl Roves or even the Bushes or even the HW Bushes of the world. But there are these certain people who just sort of like thought we have the power, let's use it. Like you were saying, a quoting about how Cheney or somebody was like, we're so powerful that we make the news. So who cares if we make up the news? We also make oh, up we make the truth. The news. We, we make, make the truth by acting. When we act, we, yeah. <laughs> that, that it's so that. gross. And it's it was so in gross. a interview on national one of the national networks. But it's like if like, we're gonna go for it, just go diary. for it. All of this fighting over whether or not we're gonna be like this that's what I'm crazy saying. Power, will, or are we gonna be some a bunch of latte sipping libs? It's just like it's just not, right now. It's just it's not necessarily a waiting game, but def- definitely it's like we're gonna see maybe in our lifetime like what's gonna win out. Yeah, and right now it seems like 
were waging surveillance warfare on yeah. U.S. citizens. Well, and- people are going to retreat into like the, the whole thing is like everyone will retreat into their own digital sovereign citizen. I keep telling like every I keep talking about sovereign citizenry and I know it's like a crazy right wing white supremacist thing, but I'm like, I'm telling you, people are going to adopt this. And like, did I tell you about. Um, OK, so let's reboot here for a second. Let's talk about power. Let's talk about the nature of power. So um, I have said basically like after the um, after um, the McConnell rule was broken, right? And after Amy, uh, the judge Amy <laughs> was added to the, uh, the bench, I've sort of declared, I do not recognize the federal authority of the United States. And the only, I do recognize local municipalities and state parks. So state parks, I recognize their authority. And it's funny, in the new <laughs> in the new Ghostbusters movie, there's one part where Ray tells the ghosts they have to go back due to like the fish and wildlife regulations or something. And it's so funny that of course that character, Dan Aykroyd's character, would look up technically what fish and wildlife regulations would prevent a ghost from another dimension coming into passing the ethereal plane. But anyway, so and I was just talking to some people about these are the only fucking guys that I, whose authority I respect. And then I remember uh, we went camping out by Hearst Castle um, around, I guess it was Labor Day, Memorial Day, or 4th of July, 4th of July, because we wanted to get away from the fireworks and shit, right? So we go out camping and we have our dogs and uh, we were with our friends and everybody has like drinks. I don't have a drink. Because, like, I know you're not supposed to drink on the beach. And we had our dogs. And I did not realize that there was, like, a sign that said no dogs. Because I was just talking, blah, 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 kind of like right now. But apparently there was a sign that said no dogs. Everybody was like, let Penny, my dog, off the leash. Let Penny off the leash. Because our friends, their dog, Maude, went off the They let her off the leash. And she was running around. I was like, I don't want her to get sandy. I don't want her to get swept up in the ocean. Like, I don't want something to happen to her. So, no. I'm not. So, and then, you know, the other dog, Maude, she runs through this like big creek and it's like having all this fun, blah, 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 blah. And then as we're leaving, the state park ranger approach. Oh, oh before we leave, uh, the uh, our friend was like, oh, Lee, can you can you throw this way or hold this? And she hands me like this beer can that's like still like has a little beer in it. And I'm like, and like, and I'm like, OK, now I like and I just jokingly say I'm like. Oh my God, I'm going to, the one who wasn't drinking, I'm going to be the one that gets fucking busted for having a beer, aren't I? But that's not what happened. Although we're walking back and we do see the park ranger. Um, and he comes up and he's kind of like, what do, so uh, what's the problem here? What do we got going on here? And I take the, I thought maybe it was because we were drinking. So I take the beer can, empty beer can, and I kind of shove it in my pocket. I'm like, oh, nothing. And he's like, sir, it doesn't look like you're taking this very seriously. And I was like, what, what, what? And I was like, I was legitimately like bewildered and did not understand like what we were talking, like what he was talking about. And he's like, sir, I, the signs are everywhere, sir. You're not allowed to have dogs. And I'm like, oh my God, my tiny little do like mini golden doodle who I didn't let run around. Like, this is what you're like, what you're getting me in trouble with uh, trouble for. And he was like, sir, it doesn't look like you're taking this seriously. There's clearly signs everywhere. And my friend, 
you know, uh, he's like, are you with this guy? And like, I knew my friend had been the one who like let his dog run all over the place. And I was like, yeah, of course I, of course I'm with this guy. I wasn't like, he was doing it, but I didn't do it. I didn't let my dog go, but my friend did, but I was like, I'm not going to fucking sell him out. And the, the guy goes, well, sir, you know that that pond over there is a, <laughs> is a natural, uh, preserve. Mm -hmm. What do they call it? Natural wildlife preserve. And there was like a specific endangered type of fucking duck or bird or some bullshit that was there. And like, that's why you're not supposed to have dogs. And that endangered species wildlife area was where the fucking dog, not my dog, but the other dog had been running around. And so like everybody's drinking beer and letting their dogs run around in the fucking nature preserve. And I'm the one with the beer can in his hand, like getting talked down to by the, the state park guy. And he's like, so what are we going to, so what are we going to have to do here? Are we going to have to write some tickets? And I went, uh, what's the other option? <laughs> Cause he asked, he's like, what, do I have to write some tickets? And I was like, well, you know, is there something else you could do other like, uh, I was legitimately well. asking and, uh, no, I think the guy was so bewildered. He's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write. So what I'm going to need to do, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to write your name down on this list. And so we got our name. I got our name. Oh, I got my name shit. on the board. He asked me what like campsite we were in. And I was like, oh, 69 or 420, whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, I'm writing your name down on my clipboard. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm on Seriously, every goddamn dude. list. I'm on the medical marijuana list. I'm probably on the terrorism list for all of the like, uh, you know, research I've did into alt-right stuff and therefore all of the like fascist propaganda I've, I've read, uh, you know, probably on the list if, you know, if anything's anyone's listening to this. And now I'm on the fucking letting this dog run around the goddamn park Jesus. national park list. And I was like, Fuck it. I do no. I didn't say this to him, but like, because afterwards, everybody, my wife was like, Lee, like, what the fuck, dude? And because I was legitimately bewildered, didn't know what we did wrong. But they were like, you were like fucking with that ranger guy. And I was like, wait, what? But anyway, now that I'm on this fucking list of uh, at the state park over at San Simeon, I no longer Why? recognize. Oh, that that's you're authority. just being. You're so being now petulant. I only recognize you're the authority like a petulant child. of the post office. I recognize the only federal authorities. I, I like that the post one. Office. Uh, and I, yeah, post office. Um, and uh, let's see, local, like local city workers, like obviously like Caltrans, um, you know, anyone who works for like transportation or. Yeah, like it's like you kind of like want the federal government to be a pass through out. for funds to redistribute them. And then also to equal power with power. So they should really be the cracking down yes. on the billionaires and the ceos not the other way around other than that it's like but instead right. it's the exact opposite or not the exact opposite there's some of that but not enough but i've heard i've tried having this conversation with my father who's a lawyer and he's like and he's just like laughing at me i'm like legally what what does the united states have on me and he was like well there is like some you know federal rulings that says yes even just by being born and being a citizen of the united states you do enter a contract essentially where you have to like follow the rules and pay taxes and then i said i do not recognize the authority of the federal yeah. bench due to the mcconnell rule but if they come violated 
And he just got, keeps laughing. And I'm like, this is the world we've entered to. When there's a nonviolent transition of power, they say, we don't recognize the executive branch. I say, fine. I don't recognize the federal bench then. But the thing I is, really don't. We, haven't, we haven't been... And that's what the, we that's haven't the thing been is like companies always there could be people that say that, yeah. but whose lives are actually materially Im- impacted, whether they recognize it or let. Yes. So we say but, it for them. Exactly. And he's like, well, you know, look, you have to, you know, there's the, you know, you say, you know, like you have a house and all this stuff. I'm like, no, no, this is Tongva land. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, and I'm totally down for my house to be seized by the government as long as they give me a place to live. Like, if they give everybody a reasonable place to live, but that means seizing my house. Okay, fine. <laughs> Seize my house, put me somewhere else. Fucking cares. Treat me like a goddamn indigenous person. Like, the way you treated the fucking Native Americans. What what right do I have to be treated any goddamn better than that? Anyway, whatever. I'm ranting. I'm raving. It's a year here we are from January 6th. And, and... Uh, you totally called it that there would be violence uh, and you totally called it that there would be shit about. And then we also um, called it. I didn't even think about that the, the next administration would do nothing counting. about it. Or they would. Yes. we. I also called it. That's that impressive. Ivanka yeah. was the one who told him to stop. I fucking yeah. called that a year ago. And this like shit came out the other day that was like released records show that Ivanka. And I was like, see, remember I said I was like, I because. Mm. As as Jeff Goldblum as uh, Ian Malcolm says, Jurassic Park. I'm so sick of being right all the time. If I'm we so would we would have been even right more prophetic if we would have said that uh, either Biden himself or his administration would put their finger on the scale on the Julian Assange case, but not to go after Trump and and uh, the actual close people, not the people that showed know, up. You know, insane. not the actual uh, warriors, but the. Uh, the leader so we would have right. been real i but, mean if we see, had called that that would have been the, just beyond impressive yeah see you expect i think but i i went back and i went back through the tapes and you actually expected that the and i guess i did too uh because i agreed with you that we would sort of the left would be on the defensive that we would be on our heels and i think that we were just lucky this time that in terms of the narrative and in terms of everything like and, and in terms of the fucking votes, in terms of the fact that millions of millions of more people have voted, there's no statistically significant voter fraud anywhere anyway. And this is obviously a big lie to say anything else. Um, that being said, like we were it was definitely advantageous that we were on the the, yes. the front of our feet and not on our heels. And it was definitely the yeah. Trump administration on their heels the whole time. And, you know, I, I they were actually a little more prepared than I thought they were. But uh, like I, I like I was kind of like, well, how did they? Well, this not is, I think, this what out? shows you one of the so big benefits dumb, of something that like, we call like bureaucracy, that there was enough people with enough authority at different levels where by acting and not going along with it, they were actually able to stop it. Whether it doesn't have to be coordinated, it just has to be enough people doing that because there are enough. Um, yeah, that's what you would. I mean, that's an aspect of bureaucracy that your your orders are to do xyz yeah. not to just listen wholeheartedly to this person on every single whim so it's fine i mean like growing up in the uh in the west wing tv show years there was like this um presumption <laughs> yeah. of competence at the federal level or that like that you know what i mean like that there was like that it was like it was run like like any institution like you think about like, like the, a bank 
or like a video rental <laughs> place. Like think about that stuff during the nineties. It was just kind of like, yes, this is just how they work. And these things basically work. Yeah. There's problems. Sometimes there's lines and they don't have what you want or whatever, but like fundamentally there's like a system in place and it's kind of like, this is just how it goes. You know what I mean? You get your videos, you, you rent them, you put them back in the slot and you go get another one, you know? And we sort of assume the government, we, we assume the government is like that too. But the thing is, like, every four years, a totally new manager comes in, and uh, sometimes they're more competent than not. But I think what we're seeing now is we are all talking about, oh, how dumb Trump was and not planning for this. What we're seeing now is all the the dumb and the smart people on the other side, or at least the competent people, yeah. uh, do the preparation that I guess they now see, shit, we should have been doing this for the last And that's where years. I've read some like really it impossible people to who have followed, say, like, U.S. foreign policy for longer than we've even been alive, saying sometimes it's almost more of a danger what we're on now because you have competent people who have a lot of built up relationships doing things that Trump only would tweet about. So. Right. And Trump for creating his narrative, the reason why I think his narrative works is the mail in votes. Because clearly the mail-in votes, uh, because you're not, because like, because there is this shadow of a doubt that it, you know, could have been, even though there's a whole system where you can't just like print out vote, it's just like not how it works. Like what you would need to do to like harvest votes and like create ballots is like, it just doesn't, if you know anything about how this works, it just doesn't work like that. And you just can't fucking do it. Those ballots will get rejected. The whole fucking system is designed to prevent what you're goddamn talking about. So um, that being said, the fact that it is this mail-in thing, there's this extra layer of like um, security or anonymity or something that allows you to sow the seed of doubt like oh well they were just mailing this shit in it, there's a mechanism by which a stupid person could think that they could steal it you know there's the dominion voting machine stuff or whatever but that's confusing because it's dumb but the idea of like oh the democrats they're just shoving them in mailboxes in front of middle schools named after yeah. obama and sotomayor you know what I'm saying? They're harvesting. They're doing a lot of. They're doing very well in terms of harvesting. They got a harvest, and they got votes, and they're harvesting them and putting them in mail boxes. But um, so there's. It, it's the same reason why everyone says like, oh, why, why did Lee Harvey Oswald say he, you know, he didn't do it? Because he could. Because there was like this reasonable doubt because no one saw him do it like right next to him that he was like up in this window and the same thing. Or it's like there's this re unreasonable doubt but there is doubt based around the this was there's so many mail-in ballots and mail-in ballots is like the way it should be it should default to mail-in ballots and then like you can go drop it off if you want <laughs> and uh that should basically be it and shit we can secure this shit even if it wasn't secure but it is so uh that so a year on from Jan 6, it's just like, okay, whatever, but you guys can't accept that reality. So fuck you. We don't accept the federal bench. They, you don't accept the executive branch. Okay, whatever. We don't have to declare civil war. It's like, this is, it's not fall. The country hasn't fallen apart permanently, but it's like, it is falling apart unless you patch it up. And like, and I'm going to try my best. And I know you're going to try your best. And we got to like, we got to, we got to make sure the kids are equipped to deal with this and be, and be ready to, 
to accept blame when they figure out what it was that we did wrong. We spent all these years talking about fucking how dumb the boomers were and how much the Bush Bush W and his boomer dumb friends like fucked up our country. Now it's time for us to take a fucking flogging, you know? And like, I think about what my parents done and it's funny. Cause like the idea of like critical race theory is just so hilarious that it's like a thing now because I went to school in UC Santa Cruz and like basically everything we were taught was like, gender is a construct and like all of these classes about racism and like broke down all of this, these, these, uh, these ideas that now are like controversial. And then I worked for Kaiser Permanente, which was, um, uh, in their federal, uh, their, uh, uh, educational theater program and was exposed to like a, a lot of these ideas and, and, uh, was able to understand just how, uh, racism, white supremacy still exists in our country. And then when I moved, moved to our nonprofit that I used to work at, uh, which is, I love the place, but it is a parody of what the right thinks a West a totally, elite yes. nonprofit would be. <laughs> it's like, it's just a, we're like, we're all just like sitting around like eating salad and virtue signaling in like big glass offices and, uh, and doing like, basically like basically my time there, which was a wonderful time was seven years of critical race theory. Because I see all these cons of pers- when somebody can manage to define what CRT is, I listed it. I go, yeah, that's what they were teaching us. Yeah. At and it came and, out of legal scholarship. Uh, oops, in and the seventies. And so, but a lot of actually what sure. they're doing isn't that though. It's 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 not that. It's not critical. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, like the idea that like I give credit to my parents because they're ta- my parents are taking like they're taking like a anti-racism course. And they're reading like and all these books about the from black authors by black authors by about black people and like all of this stuff. And they keep coming at me with all of this like information. I'm like, uh, yeah, yep, that's right. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But the problem never, is center. It's like mind, we need to find talk. the current anyway, mechanisms so- that are in place because too often we're working. We're talking about the ones that existed a generation or two ago and not centering the ones that are actually the clear and present ones. I mean, history is important, but if all you ever do is right. try to solve for history's problems, what about the ones today? And so that's where it's like eating salads and just yeah. talking. No, I mean, history like, is just what are we going to do today to join in the the struggles that a lot of people are are going through, and what role are we going to play in that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, history is like any type of data. It like it 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 informs your it can inform your your decisions, yeah. but it's not going to tell you the future. Mm-hmm. But it's all you got, you know what I mean? And I think that is why um, that's why I've been trying to delve into. I I've been I'm on this thing where I'm going to read a book about every American war because I'm like pretty good up on my like 20th century war, um, but with the exception, you know. But once it starts getting to like pre-world war one like i I, can, I know the punitive expedition and poncho via and all that stuff but spanish american war just read a book about that like that was so eye-opening to me the parallels between I was talking about like the parallels between that and what we tried to do and tried to do in iraq and how fucking much we fucked it up and i, and I was just thinking about that and then i was listening to classic love line which and it was an episode right when there we were about to go to war in 2002 or three or whatever and uh and dr drew was like my man dr drew was like um oh you know this is so much like the spanish-american war and i'm like damn it you're right but also it's not gonna work out like that 
Um, because yeah. And I'm so obsessed with this, like, yeah, this pivot towards the Pacific that, cause that was basically like, uh, the cornerstone of our empire expanding had to be into the sea. Cause that was the thing is like when ran oh, manifest man. destiny ran out of, ran out of, uh, steam, uh, ran out of land. Well, suddenly you're looking at Hawaii and mm -hmm. then you're looking at South Korea, you know, and that is just, it's not that there's a Thucydian trap. It's just sort of like, who does the Atlantic belong or the Pacific belong to? You know what I mean? And of course, the answer is it doesn't belong to anybody, let alone China or the United States. So, but the but the the people uh, of the Pacific are at such the mercy of these superpowers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like we're we're allies with uh, you know uh, with South Korea, but I I can't imagine that that gives them total comfort considering what you know what uh yeah what's lurking i guess you could say um you know i asked my my cousin is always like my other cousin's always like railing against um you know all kinds of things but i was like i was like hey man if we're gonna if we're gonna really compete against china like what are we gonna do like are we just gonna like shut down birth tourism and direct the uh <laughs> direct ice only to be only to chinese nationals trying to buy <laughs> trying to buy apartment complexes in in new york city and like just like trying to like think of like what would be like the craziest like way to like i just love that idea of using ice to stop uh um <laughs> to stop birth tourism this is like so weirdly racist in another way but anyway i was just like kind of throwing out these crazy ideas and he was like no just fucking pump shit tons of money into education and technology and yeah the the chinese will steal it but make so much of it that they can't steal all of it or there's just like so it just doesn't matter fine steal it we'll come up with better shit tomorrow and uh and you know the the example is always brought up of what happened after sputnik or Sputnik, whatever. Um, but someone did come out recently and say, yeah, but the problem is like that just allowed the government to define what uh, what science was going to be taught and it was all going to be about fucking rockets or whatever. It's like, okay, well, you know what? If you pay for it, then you get to say what it is. And like, do we want Bill Gates to pay for it or do we want duly elected government people to pay for it? I don't know. Both don't sound like perfect fucking conclusions, but as long as there's some goddamn money for the fucking education just let the teachers yeah or allow for more that's like going into tony sopranos just let yeah, the people uh, tell you what the fuck to do with in, so that you're not just teaching exactly like you're saying like the the science that helps really build uh military and now we gotta spend way less time as people not involved in school thinking about school you know what I'm saying? Like when school needs help, let's go help school. We can volunteer. We can give them money. But for the most part, but it's sleep, going the exact the fucking teachers right now alone, do whatever what we call big tech. Of course, everyone's getting yeah, so fucking tech involved. Sees it as it another asset to, I mean, that's why they wanted to keep that. They, they love the work from the teach at home thing because that's a huge new revenue source for them. And so it becomes quite just oh, yeah. diabolical. Oh, yeah. And a, well, yeah, and a but worker force. Are you case. kidding me? That's how they can confine it to deflate wages by teaching all these kids like these platforms. But that was already happening. Look, we've I'm taught saying. you all these that platforms, was already and happening. now we can just depress wages. 
and make you fight, make you guys yeah, fight. No, that was happening. Saying that this introduced a current revenue stream instead of one that would, yeah. So, right. so yeah, we just pump, we pump that shit, pump money in there. But yeah, th- see, here's the thing: is like, yeah, we're so fucking involved in in school. It's just like let the trust the professionals. It's like the same thing. It's like a, it's just like annoying when people reach their hand over the side of the plastic at Chipotle. No, it's, like, it's really fucking it, get your hand back there and make the per- and it comes let to the trust. person like make the goddamn a burrito. Cases of a teacher going off the rails or whatever, and social media has only made it worse. Like. Filming a, te- a student filming a teacher on a bad day doesn't help anyone. And then exactly. They should just have EMT devices that just destroy phones when kids walk into school. Just get the fucking phones out of there. God's sakes. What's the worst Jesus. thing that can happen? They get shot? Um, <laughs> with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, so so can you th- – there's like a there's a huge deal going on where my in-laws live about um, some – kid they're they're doing a recall for the i don't know people in the superintendent or some big mucky muck big mocker in the in the school district and because all over pronouns because a teacher sent home a form that said you know any allergies uh you know any food restrictions uh list their gender (laughs) you know what i mean and pretty reasonable it wasn't even like one of those things where it's like everyone sits around in a circle and the leader is like everyone give their pronouns um <laughs> uh which like the thing about that is like i don't oppose like asking people's pronouns because like that's just to make people feel fucking safe and it's not like that that is a shitty question to ask it's just that like getting to know you exercises like in class or work it's just always so uh, it's like so nerve-wracking and like you're just embarrassed like you know it's tough to say your name or introduce yourself or talk to a new person and so like i see they are like i and like the the um i see the argument for why we need to like allow uh people to you know safely identify how they want to be identified um but these parents just freaked the fuck out about asking this on the form and the teacher they didn't the person the superintendent didn't fire the teacher so they recalled the superintendent and i keep thinking about like and i had an opinion i was like well you know kids are maybe it makes some kids uncomfortable to be at well you know i had my bullshit dad opinion whatever and um but the thing i realized is like it's not about you. I always come back to this. It's not about like what we think as the fucking parents. It's the kids. It's there to protect the the kids in the class who might feel as though they present other than their preferred pronoun. And they they want to make that clear so that they're respected. That kid in the class who just wants to do this so they can feel safe and protected, who needs that so they can feel safe and protected, now is completely exposed. To all of these people who they have now revealed hate that person. Can you imagine being some kid who's just like, oh, I, you know, I have short hair and like, but I want people to, to know that I'm a, that I'm a girl or something, you know, whatever. Like, and then the people are like, that's the fucking, if you have to fucking ask what the fucking pronoun is, then fuck you. You know, my son plays football. Are you going to assume he's yeah. a fucking and it girl? Go, and the broader <laughs> thing too is like, it's in my mind, one of the big challenges where pe- things are getting so, so hyper individualistic, everything is centering me, 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 my, 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 my. And this doesn't say that, you know, people shouldn't be able to and be encouraged to do this. But at some point, it's like, 
the things that have kept stuff like fascism from from advancing are some sort of like collective identity and collective purpose so everything that we're arguing about is me 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 my 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 who am i like it's just narcissistic it's like a lot of past movements that were successful yep it wasn't about any one individual it was about a shared struggle that was cross-cutting so it doesn't mean that this stuff doesn't exist but it's saying that what other allies what other uh, broader movements is it related to because I've been reading a lot of just more radical and older feminists and they see it as it's like we've always supported this kind of thing but by making it the the headline right. it pushes down all of the things that a lot of feminism feminism was centering which is domestic violence sex trade and things that are really just absolutely terrible um and then things like right. what we call identity politics was definitely a part of it. So it's like, how can you make common cause with broader movements so that things that are important, like one's mm-hmm. identity and how they see themselves in the world can still come through, but that that's not the focal point in the headline. Cause then all of this stuff that is just really just atrocious kind of has like, when's the last time in, in a conversation about by uh gender and all that have we talked about domestic violence and sex trade and things like that i've not once have i heard someone bring that up yeah and the the fact that uh that that trans people are trafficked at a way higher rate uh, yeah or and but uh, women groups also yeah so it's like and then you get into the whole that it's all about the trans radical feminism jk rawling shit Oh, by the way, did you hear that the Quidditch League, they're like, we're changing their name. And it's like Warner Brothers is like, uh, you didn't have to. You legally can't do that. Because there's like Quidditch Leagues of people like run around. My wife went down like, and I went down like a deep wiki hole of like <laughs> the community of people playing Quidditch. But to respect their, their pro, uh, pro trans rights. So, yeah, let's round it out. In the, Humor the and love, baby. Like, a year Humor ago, and love. We were talking about the Jan 6 humor and love and i think the episode title last year was teddy roosevelt would have stayed and I, I had this oh man i wish this this could have the only thing that could have saved i feel like i mean look we can still save our country now but what could have really saved us this year is if like people had stayed and fought these dumbasses off like can you imagine a headline and it's like dan crenshaw and aoc standing back to back fighting off these guys with copies of the fucking constitution like that like that would have like that's the thing is like they're so diametrically opposed like the two of them but like fundamentally yeah. like I want to see them on the same side because they're people who are closer they're close yeah. in age to me and like I like them I like Dan Crenshaw and I like AOC and everybody on our side shitting on Dan Crenshaw and everyone on Dan Crenshaw's side shitting yeah, on AOC. But, Have a beer, guys. And as Get a, a representative, you're like the next generation. The things, I'm not telling people to be martyrs, but sometimes if that's the 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 possible role you have in history, because people do die during struggles. And so, yes, if I'm not saying I wish anyone would have, but people were. And so they would have had to say, I'm willing to put my own life on the line for this. The thing is, it would have, and the thing is, you know, people say, oh, they didn't see it coming. But to some degree, as we see more of like what was going on, exactly. 
course they did. They were standing outside. No, the no, no. I mean, I mean, federal buildings. I mean, saying, a few days. Go in there before. and fight like hell. Um, but they did. There oh, was yeah. there was enough indication yeah. where, if they had seen it as a turning, like you're saying, like to really save things and fight back, have an actual physical, and it would have gotten. It would have been. We could have rallied. It would have rallied us all together. That's what we need. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't, it was 9-11 acts like in a horrible way. Like we need like our good 9-11, like a good Jan 6, like something that puts us on the same side for the right reasons. And that I think is our greatest, uh, our greatest hope. And like, yeah, I know that relies on external forces, but but internally that means we have to be willing for that to happen. We have to be willing for the waves yes. of history. To the waves of history together. to crest us together. I think that's the name of this episode. Great. Well, uh, for everyone here at Handsome Headquarters, uh, Ben, it's delighting, delightful to have you back. Best wishes to your your son or daughter. Uh, some do. You know if it's a son or daughter yet? God definitely does. Some do. Okay. God does. Uh, and uh, we'll see them soon. And hopefully they have the same birthday as my son. And uh, anyway. But anyway, thanks. For, let's reboot this. Uh, I want to say thank you from, from everyone here at Handsome Headquarters and the Liberal Guilt Radio family. So thanks for joining us today, Ben. And thank you yes, all of thank you, you out everyone. there for joining us. Good job. Right. Good job, my friend.